So Matt and I have been arguing together online and in the blogosphere for well over a decade. So now it's about time we argued in person. And we're going to argue about cities. My whole life, I've never lived in a major city. And this guy, Matt, his whole life, he's never lived in the suburbs. I know that's hard to believe. But he has a theory about why cities are too expensive. And you see it in the data. Rent or home prices as a percentage of median income, American cities, they are much more expensive. So Matt says the rent is too damn high. But me, I'm a little bit of a skeptic. I want to know, is there some way of getting the rent down in these cities that won't just ruin them for everyone? So Matt, tell us, why is the rent too damn high? Well, you know, primarily you see high rents in coastal cities because you have a lot of restrictions on the construction of new housing. You have, to an extent, geographical limits. These cities, you know, can't sprawl into the ocean. And so to get bigger, they would really need to do more infill, taller buildings, denser buildings. But there's a lot of rules in place to keep most of the land sort of regulated for suburbs and even in the cities, a lot of limits on how tall you can build, on how much parking you need to set aside. And so it means that land has come to be a, a higher and higher fraction of, of the price of houses, and it's become much too expensive for many people. But isn't this going to make people much worse off if we make housing denser? So there are congestion costs. People don't like being crowded. They don't like living next to big skyscrapers. So one way we regulate this is to make it harder to build, and thus we'll all have nicer lifestyles, right? So why should we allow denser building? It's definitely true that, that a lot of people don't like to live in dense neighborhoods. But you know, this, it seems to me, is really a classic example of something that a market can work itself out for. If people want to pay for low-density living, they're free to do so. If, if they have the means, but at the same time, lots of people evidently do want to live in dense places. Uh, otherwise, there would be no reason to build dense buildings. And there's no reason we can't just let it work itself out so that we build the structures that people feel they can sell. But if it were, say, a highway and there was a congestion problem on that highway, you would agree we should either have a toll or have some kind of rush hour restriction. So aren't restrictions on building density just like another way of pricing the highway? And that's what makes economic sense. And we should have some cities like San Francisco go really nice for the rich people, lots of space, sea views, and then have some other places like Houston. And don't we right now more or less have the right balance and just let people move to whichever city they want? Well, you know, the United States is definitely better situated than a lot of other countries because it is a really big country and we do have very different urban models. So there's some element of choice there. But place is really unique. And you see that, for example, a, a huge number of the most innovative, most uh, dynamic companies and industries are located in one particular area around the San Francisco Bay Area. And there's a real cost to making it difficult for more people to move there and for the cities to grow larger. It leads to lower real wages for a lot of people and to a sort of less dynamic, less robust economy overall. I also worry your solution, you know, to deregulate buildings somewhat, allow higher density construction, I fear that's just a, a temporary solution. Of course, in the short run, the city will be less expensive, but more people move in, it boosts productivity, they start new businesses. Don't you just end up, within a generation's time, being back at a really expensive city yet again, and you've only solved the problem for a little bit? Do you really think you can make rents lower? Well, look, if rents go up because people are becoming more productive, earning higher incomes, that's not so bad. What we're talking about is increasing the number of people who have the opportunity to come into sort of the best, most lucrative places to live. And that would definitely happen if more people are allowed in. So 
let me get this right. You, you allow more building in, say, San Francisco or maybe parts of New York City, so more people would move in. That would mean they might produce more, but you're also applying a kind of implicit tax to the high earners already living there. So the people in San Francisco who are well off, they have the great ocean view, they stroll to the coffee shop every morning. Now they're in a more crowded city. Don't they just move out? Like, what, why on net is this even a gain? Well, you know, as I'm sure you know, right, there's lots of ways that you can let insiders and incumbents sort of rig the system with regulations to benefit themselves. That doesn't make it a good idea. In effect, that's what you're talking about with San Francisco. You know, people are saying, well, I got here first, so I'm going to keep it all for myself. Uh, that's understandable, but it's not a good idea. And what about the schools? If you make cities denser, school systems will become worse. People move to the suburbs when they have kids. You just had a kid, right? You'll be moving to the suburbs soon enough for the schools. Why do we want to go in the suburban direction? Makes no sense. I don't see any reason to believe that dense areas, per se, are going to lead to bad schooling. And you know, education's a very complicated problem. But if you want to see people have choice in what school they go to, having denser communities where you can have more sort of schools per square mile, more options for people, seems to me like a wind. Now isn't technology going to render this whole debate moot? So we're going to have autonomous vehicles, self-driving cars, self-driving buses. You'll live an hour and a half out, goodness knows, Loudoun County, past some of the suburbs. You'll be in your self-driving vehicle, you'll sleep in the back seat, you'll text your friend, do the crossword puzzle, everything will spread out. The rent will be much cheaper, but technology will far outrace whatever legal improvements we might make. That'll be great if it happens, but 20 years ago, people thought the internet was going to do that. They thought, you know, we're going to have telecommuting, it's not going to matter, and we've really seen the opposite, right? It's the kind of thing where a less regulated environment would let us see, you know, what is this really good for? How should we reshape our city? What we have right now is we're, we're stuck in a kind of an outdated, decades-old plan of how cities ought to be. It's very rigid, it's very hard to change the them, and the process of changing them is driven by a, a lot of considerations that have to do with just the, the narrow interests of people who happen to live in, in particular neighborhoods. So I, I think the prospect of technological change may mean that sort of my vision of what a city should look like is wrong, but it also means that we need to be more flexible in how we create our cities. Now you've written a whole book on some of these issues. The rent is too damn high. But let me just ask you, don't you at times feel this is hopeless? You said before, well, there are always insiders. So people own apartments, condominiums, homes in exclusive cities, cities like San Francisco with tight building codes, and they don't want to allow more building because the value of their property would go down. Maybe they control city councils directly or indirectly. So is this a quixotic quest, or is there a way we can actually get to this more diverse, more prosperous, higher productivity world where cities are bigger and people have more upward mobility, or is it just totally hopeless? I think it depends what level the decisions are made at. So right now you have land use being made on a very local level. So the interests of sort of narrow homeowner groups speak very, very loudly there. State governments have a much wider range of interests that they deal with. And you could really imagine the California legislature deciding, you know, we're going to be better off as a state if we have more building in the most expensive areas. So you see in Washington state they do that. Seattle is not quite as unaffordable as other coastal cities. You see a lot of housing stock growth in Toronto where the province of Ontario does it. So I think that would be the most likely path forward would be to see Massachusetts, Oregon, California, maybe Virginia centralize more land use functions. So Matt, all these plans and schemes that you have, tell me, why do you want to ruin it for all of us? So, you know, this is a subject that's really important to me. I've been thinking about it for a long time. I, I wrote a book about it. And it's because we have a lot of 
questions out there about how are we going to adapt to a sort of new economy where there aren't as many manufacturing jobs? What are people going to do for a living? Where's economic opportunity going to come from? And looking around, you see where the opportunity is. It's in a relatively small number of big cities that have these kind of big information industries in them. And right now, there's just way too many people who are locked out of those opportunities. Creating cities, living and working in them is going to be the answer to a lot of these big social problems. You know, and I think the question to you is, why is it that we're going to let a handful of sort of lucky first movers kind of hog all the opportunities for themselves? I think a lot of the key opportunities are in the suburbs. So I want to make sure the suburbs continue to exist so that when people have beautiful children, they can go to the better school system. But also the people in these cities with the high property values, they're not just lucky first movers. A lot of them are very well off, very productive people. And the ability to live that kind of life in San Francisco or Manhattan, that's part of their paycheck in a sense. And the notion that these people who've been subject to all these tax increases lately, that in essence we're going to put yet another tax increase on them, I just worry about what that is going to do to harm productivity. Well, you know, I think we're seeing more and more people wanting to raise taxes on the rich, more and more populism in our politics, and that's because what we're doing right now isn't really working. And I think especially people who are skeptical of some of the solutions that have come down the pike in the past few years really need to say, you know, what's a better way forward? And I do think that less regulation of land, more urbanization is a much more viable path. Matt, thank you for coming out here to the suburbs with us. I know it was a hardship. I hope it wasn't too bad. We'll argue some more next time. Thank you.